Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 1. I'm Jack. I'm AST. And we were just saying before we start recording, this is Season 10. This is a definite Echoes of Glory. So, this started out, so this, this, as this started in my bedroom, basically, right? When I moved to London, me by myself, and um, <laughs> we, I didn't we, have we, any we friends. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have any friends. And I used to listen to the Tottenham Football Fancast and Steve and his mates, and then they suddenly stopped doing it, and I said, I want to do it. And and we sent in a uh, an example podcast, and I think it was me and Gareth and someone else that we recorded with PlayStation SingStar microphones. Microphone. Sound quality was awful. Um, and they said, no, it's rubbish. <laughs> and so we did another one and we picked it up. And then I had rumours that... So we were the best football fancast podcast. So the, they did one for every Premier League club. Um, but we were the biggest by a long, 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 long way. And uh, I had rumours that they were going to drop the drop pods because the server fees were too much. Yeah. So I changed it to Echoes of Glory then so that we would have our own brand or our own pod. And it's just gone from strength to strength. We were at one point the 24th most popular sports podcast in the world. We've had some mad times with it as well. Yeah. My, my, the craziest story was back, you know, 15, 2015, 2016. And I was in the pub. And I can't even remember the name. Of, what was the name of that pub I used to go to? The one that was halfway up the high road? Pride. Oh, the Pride, the Pride of Tottenham, yeah. Um, it's under new ownership now, and I haven't been in so long. And it's it's rammed, as it would be. And then I see this a guy, a ginger fella, just going around, like, nodding his head at all the different groups of people. I was like, what is this guy doing? And so I was talking to Joe, uh, who I used to go with, and he just went, and the guy came over, and he was like, ASD, man, ASD is me. And someone I've been speaking to, I said, I've just come, I've flown all the way over from somewhere in America. I think it was Chicago. I, I, I knew you came to this pub, man. I wanted to meet you. Here's my mum. <laughs> so weird. That was, that was, a, and we've had stories where, you know, people play in pubs to their, their guests. And we had, uh, two guys in a, in a small, small, small town in America who just used to sit in the middle of the town square listening to it. Like, this it's stuff is crazy. I love yeah, it. If you love think it. about all the hours we've wasted. <laughs> people yeah. and all the good stuff we could have done with it but i'm so grateful for every single person who's ever listened and it's, it's been so good and obviously you've taken it on to another level so it's, it's been great it's, it's like you said there's so many good memories and like one of my favorites from doing it and meeting people is zach coming over with the boston spurs do you remember oh, yeah so good. all of those guys before the game and like that yeah. there's some we could do a whole pod just like looking back at what all of the best memories are um, Sato, he's a weirdo that we met through it. <laughs> oh, we love Sato, didn't we? We've got to say that because we're recording, but you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, decade of it. So like, we're look, we're buzzing to to be back properly as well now, um, and we've got loads to talk about today. Starting with the Amazon documentary, which has just been uh, I, I, indescribable, if I'm honest, because I was a little bit like. I was really, really optimistic and excited to watch it when it first got announced. And then obviously we had a horrific season and I went from being super excited to being, this is just going to be so embarrassing, like dreading it. And then obviously it's now been released and it is so good. Like it is, it is so good. I've watched every episode twice as well, just because I have to go back and see what details I've missed. But it's been a little bit of the Jose show, which I don't mind. Um, I wish there'd been more of Potch 
And I wish I'd have been able to like see the contrast between how Potch goes about stuff and how Jose does. But I get why they would have cut all of that stuff out because um, it would have probably been too controversial. But it's been amazing. The, the stuff that I've loved the most, like the chats that he has with Kane, with Dyer, with Delhi, and the Danny Rose one as well. Rose, yeah. The most, most controversial. We'll, we can talk about that in a minute. But they're the bits for me as a fan where I'm like, that's the most fascinating. Like, I love the tactics and the training ground stuff, but a lot of that content you can find somewhere anyway. But yeah, like, yeah, those yeah. Like, intimate one-on-one conversations are, are, have just been absolutely brilliant to watch. Yeah, for sure. And it's amazing seeing I it's definitely the the Jose show and I think it's it's get Spurs fans on board with Jose and we've seen lots of different levels of him and that's been really good I think for him for Spurs for Spurs fans what's been weird to me is Daniel Levy talks to everyone like he's gone to like the 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 desk at a hotel and he's asking for more towels Mm. to someone who doesn't really speak English properly do you know what I mean like he just speaks really slowly and with really simple words but not in a cool clear communicative communicative businessman way just in a way you're a bit like how is this man in charge of billions of pounds Mm -hmm. but i love i I, i'm really happy they showed quite a lot of the ericsson saga really so that was really interesting the eric ericsson that actually did not come across well at all to me in that whole thing he come across as like there's a massive comparison between Ericsson and Rose, right, in, in terms of what I'm going to say now. It's like, I actually really rate Danny Rose for, do, for, for having that conversation. I don't rate him as a left back. I think his legs are gone and, he, you know, he's not the player that he once was. But mm. actually, seeing like that side of him was like, we, you need more, you need all your players to be like that, to actually have enough about them to be like, I'm not happy with something. I'm going to actually address the manager. All right, he might have come across a little bit too confrontational but you know what watching it I was like he, he didn't say anything that wasn't true and that was the thing he was like he, all of his points he made were completely valid and he wasn't saying you know he was admitting that yeah I haven't played well in games and all that but he was like but the defence has kept two clean sheets in 18 games so, it's, so he was like you know I've not been any better or any worse than anyone else which to be fair I, I, I do agree with and I, I actually really rated it and I just thought you know what if you've got enough about you to go and have that conversation especially comparing it to Ericsson, who looked like he just sort of sulked. Like, and I know he was trying when he was playing. You can't say he wasn't. But he, like, I would have been more drained having been Ericsson's teammate and having been around him eight hours a day, knowing that he's just sulking. But at least with Rose, yeah. everyone knew where Rose was. He was like, I don't want to be here. Or I want to be here if I'm going to play. If you're not going to play me, I want out. And there was no, there's no vagueness, no middle ground. So I, I actually really rated Rose for it. But yeah. I think his problem is he still thinks he's good enough to play for Tottenham or potentially a team better than Tottenham when actually his level is Newcastle, isn't it? Like, and Bournemouth, that, that, where he's been linked, that's his level. Um, yeah, and I think Milan he's... wasn't going to happen, was it? No, and you see, you see him when he just went up to, to leave him was like, what's going on with Milan? And he was like, nothing. <laughs> they don't want you. Um, Bournemouth yeah. want you on loan. Like... Well, that was in one of the first episodes, wasn't it, where Mourinho was talking to his... Uh, what's his face, Sacramento, yeah. um, and they were talking about Ericsson, about how he just lacks that that killer yeah. instinct. And we've said it here before. He he has hit a ceiling, and it's not Spurs mm. that are holding him back. You can see that by the fact that Inter don't want him now. He thought he would go Spurs, Real Madrid, yeah. and he, Spurs is the best he's going to get to. Like he he got to play in the Champions League final with us. He's not going to do that with Inter. I know Inter just got to the uh, Europa League final. He didn't start. 
He didn't start at all. And they lost. I think you have to, whatever type of player you are, a creative one, defensive, you have to be aggressive when you play football. In what in whatever role is, whatever, you know, whatever you've been asked to, you have to have aggression. And it's like aggressive. Always. And it's like that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, go out and headbutt someone and get sent off. It just means you be aggressive with the ball and just have a bit of bite about. You know, you can you can look at Delhi and, and Ericsson and say Ericsson technically is a faster player. But think about, you know, the, the aggression that Delhi put. And if you're going to be in a Jose team, you've got to have some aggression about you. And it's like, otherwise you stand no chance. And the weirdest thing for me with Ericsson was saying, I don't want to be at Spurs. You could tell he didn't fancy playing for Jose. And he's yeah. gone to Inter to play for Conte. And I'm like, that's even worse. That's literally well, more extreme. Mate, we, you see it in every workplace where someone has a boss that lets them get away with stuff because a part of their game is pretty good. Then their new boss comes in who's going to hold higher standards across a wider range of things. And they don't want to. And they get out. We see it all the time at work. And he's just he just wasn't up to it. I just, I, I'm... I'm glad he's gone. People are asking, would we take him back for 30 million? No way would I take him back for 30 million. I wouldn't take him back for the 20 million we paid. I think it's, it's now toxic X time. Get rid of him. Yeah. It, there's a lot of things he could bring to the team, but he didn't for the last 18 months. I think it's no, just, it's, it's one of those stories, Ericsson and Spurs. It was great, but it just come to an end. And it's like, that's fine. Like, that's just, that's just what it was. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think I didn't think that he came across well. I think I've been impressed with Hugo and the bits. Oh yeah, that, how good is he? How does he come across? You know, like especially like geeing the players up. But and I, I also had moments where I felt quite sorry for him because it must be hard for him with Kane being at the club. But and I think I feel like I've only just sort of thought about that. That because Kane's the man. Is do you know what I mean? This is Harry Kane's club, so it's like. For Hugo to sort of be the captain, it's like that. That's quite a difficult position for him to be. But I've been impressed from what I've seen from him. Um, I can see why all managers that work with Eric Dyer seem to really like him because again, he's got a bit about him. And it's like some of the players you can tell, like Winks, Lacelso, and Dembele, great players, but like have they got that that drive and that yes. killer instinct that you that you have mm. to have? Like, I haven't seen that, but from, you know, Dyer probably has that, but then lacks, lacks the technical ability of the other players. But yeah. I can understand why he's one of them players that you're like, no, I want him in my team, because he's going to give me yeah. something that, that we need to win football games. I think we're a victim of editing here. Like, it is heavily PR-focused. Yeah. Like, and Don Ballet, all we've seen from him, it literally is him eating. We haven't <laughs> seen him do anything, right? And Lo Celso, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen more from him because he's one of our best players last season. Same with Son, though. Like, we haven't seen much from Son. Yeah. But my thing about Ericsson, sorry, the last thing I wanted to say is, and I think this is a Jose thing, I don't think Ericsson minded losing. You can see players who are devastated of losing, like Son, Delhi, Kane, Hugo. Yeah. You can imagine they are devastated the two that worry me from what we've seen are Lamella and um, Lucas just because of how emotional they are like it there's so much emotion in everything I love Lamella's edge and I love how much he loves the club and how much he wants to play football same with Lucas and I think you can tell they both came from tough upbringings like this means everything to this is their way out and then they're never going to lose that opportunity I just worry about the emotional side of it ignoring that I think Lucas is the perfect man for Jose, really, for how hard he works. Um, the one that I'm looking forward to seeing, like if you if you're watching that and you know it's been edited and you know it's it's 
a positive PR spin, and I'm cynical about that. But if you're not excited about Tanganga, if you're not excited about Lucas, if you're not excited about Hugo and Sissoko and Dyer like, and Toby, we haven't seen anything from Foyf, but he's in there. Like, this is this is proper stuff. We haven't seen anything like this for ages from Spurs. I'm, I love it. The Tanganga stuff's great. Like that, the episode where he was featured a lot was brilliant, and it's like it's almost like he hasn't lived like a stereotypical teenage footballer lifestyle. Do you know how some of these guys, like, you think of someone like Phil Foden at City, what is he, like, 18, 19, made his debut at 17, like, he's already earning, like, insane money. Yeah. I sometimes think it's better, like, Tanganga's, what, 20, which is still incredibly yeah. young, but it's sort of like, I sometimes think if they don't quite get in until they're, like, 21, 22, it's, it's almost better in a way, because they've yeah, had yeah. to learn it even more. Like, you think back to the... You know, the the class of 92, right, the, the United team where they all came through, they were all classed as sort of like young young players and first team players when they were like 23, 24. And sometimes I think actually maybe having those years in your early 20s where you're not quite in yet. Do you know what I mean? It's like the, well, you Ferguson haven't quite did, the dream yet. Ferguson did this. Ferguson was a master of that, though. He used to do things like the cars that the under-21s bought weren't allowed to be above a certain power level like so they couldn't drive the flashy cars and they couldn't earn like they had to have like a living wage but they couldn't earn the the thousands and thousands and that's the way it should be that they are kids that it's different if you're Raheem Sterling you moved away from home like I get that and uh, that's his he's he's had just a crazy life and the newspapers pick him out for whatever reason, ignoring that example. I think Phil Foden's a great example and all the mistakes he's made. But Tanganga, living at home, grounded. Obviously, yeah. there's so so many great influences to learn from there as well. You've got a World Cup winning captain who knows how to master defence. You've got Toby, who's had a partner. He's, he's played more games with this guy across multiple clubs in his country than um, with Jan, than anyone else. And you've seen what's needed and you've seen what's not needed. I'm not sure Foyth is needed in... From what, I've seen, from what I've seen from him. But you can see Tanganga's got it, and he's seen what he needs to make it, and it's just there for him to say. I'm so excited by that young man. Um, it's difficult now. I'm starting to blur the line between what's real and what's not, because even then I was just about to start talking about Jack Clark and Fernandez and those types of players. But all, all we've seen from them is the pre-season games, and even they're not real, right? Fernandez played at right back and then right midfield for, for no reason, and Jack Clark sort of didn't really do anything so it's it's difficult but I'm really enjoying the documentary I thought it was going to be like a Chelsea game where I would just ignore it and it would just be a bit of an embarrassment the the advertising campaign where they're advertising around Finsbury Park mm. directed at Arsenal and then at Chelsea that's a bit embarrassing because like it's called all or nothing and in that situation our season was nothing right we didn't do all or anything and that, it's a bit embarrassing but I quite like that I quite controversy. I quite liked the ads in Chelsea, which was like Mourinho and like check check what your ex is up to. I thought, yeah. I thought that was quite funny. It is a bit cringy, but I thought that was I thought that was quite good. But it's not to everyone's taste. <laughs> I don't. Well, then there's Chelsea fan. You can go. Well, you could say he's got his club beaten seven two by Bayern Munich and knocked out. I mean, they got battered by Bayern Munich to be honest, but um, they're still in the Champions League places. But I'm super excited for this season. Though how good like. We're going to have a season with a plan for multiple teams. I th- I'm really excited. I remember when I went, I did this, the stadium tour, but in between Harry and AVB, like in, 
when ABB was taken over and they were redoing the first team changing rooms and Harry's um, tactics board had magnets on it and didn't even have 11 magnets on it. Amazing. Um, crazy, right? And so we've gone up levels and I think we're seeing, you can see how much Mourinho looks into the teams from the little snippets. I mean, that was his job for Bobby Robson, right? At Barcelona, that, that's what he did. And you can see evidence of that. I just want to see it on the pitch because um, it's easy to forget how bad it was last season. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the, the documentary reminds you of, like, how, even in some of the games that we've won, like, it was not pretty last year at all. Um, but it, it's, there's encouraging signs, I think. I guess I guess let's talk a little bit about pre-season. I can't say that I've, yeah. I've kept too much of a close eye on, on terms of performances, results, or anything like that. For me, it's just a case of players getting minutes, players not being injured and we look like we're in decent nick for that you know we've had a number of players go away on international duty which I think is a good thing as well at this stage of the season so I feel like we're going into this season in a in a decent position and I do feel more optimistic and we've got much more of a settled squad than normal you know usually yeah. we're going into seasons and we're like cross we need three or four more players for the starting 11 like and normally yeah. the first two three games we play are almost written off we need transfer deadline day before we're ready. Um, but I think we've done good business in the transfer window so far. I think that for the first time in what feels like ages, we've clearly identified that our problem areas were right back and central midfield, which, I mean, we've all been saying for 18 months has been a major problem for us. But we've addressed it. And yeah. I don't think either of the guys we've brought in are like the sexiest signings in the world. But I think that they will massively plug a gap and improve us. And I think of, think of Hoiberg going in central midfield. He, I don't think he gets the, the credit for like, he can play. He's not a Wilson, he's not just a Wilson Palacios that's going to go around and kick people. Like, the guy can play. Like, you don't come through the Bayern Munich Academy if you're not, if you're not half decent on the ball. Um, so I think he will be good and he'll bring some aggression and some intensity that we massively lack with and without the ball in certain games. And I think that he will, he will offer us that. Uh, he's not going to be a guy that, you know, opens teams up with, with incredible passing. But I think that sometimes you can bring a player in, defend, especially defensive midfielder. And not only does he, you know, make you more solid as a side, but he can allow those attacking players to play a lot more. And I think that if you're on Dembele, if you're Delhi or Lo Celso or Winks and you know you've got Hoiberg just sitting in behind you, you can probably be a bit more expansive and take some more risks and not have to worry as much because you know there's a guy there that, you know, he, he, in a weird way, he wants you to lose the ball so he can go and win it back. Like that's sort of what his game is. So I think I think he will be very, very good. Um, defensive midfielders are always a little bit weird that, you know, they're not the most attractive players. Like, you think when we signed Wanyama, like, I don't remember being really excited, but he was great for us. And it's like, I'm sure Liverpool were the same when they got Fabinho. It's a little bit like, well, we've signed a player that wins the ball back. How excited. But sometimes those players can really transform the team. So I'm happy with yeah. him. And they're players that you notice when they're not there. And that's a huge... That is, they plug a hole. And yeah, I'm so excited that we've made a non-sexy functional sign-in. Yeah. Like, it's like when you spend money on your car. Like, you hate spending money on tyres, but buying decent tyres makes a whole, whole a bigger difference to whether you've got a stripe on it, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think... The, the signing of Matt Doherty at, at right back, I'm still amazed we got him. Like For the fee. Ridiculous. Like, the, the fee, but just the fact that we've got him, because I was like, if you, if you think the last couple of seasons of 
the best, especially last year, I think the best right back or the right, best right wing backs in the Premier League. Obviously, Trent Alexander Arnold is head and shoulders above anyone, right? The guy is an absolute freak of a footballer. He's insane. But then after that, you know, you've got Kyle Walker, who, you know, taking our Spurs bias out of it is still a quality right back. But, you know, I mean, after that, you're probably looking at Doherty as being, he's easily in the top four or five right backs in the league. And we've gone and got him for a cut price fee. And we've we've gone from right back being such a liability to all of a sudden that's that could be a real area of strength for us now. Um, so I'm really really excited about that signing. Um, I just hope that he gets a run of games, stays fit, um, and builds a relationship up with whoever's playing in front of him on that right hand side. But that that's a real real good signing for us. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to not having to think about right back. We don't have to think about goalkeeper because I know you're not a fan. I still think Hugo is world class or one of the best in the world, top five, top eight, whatever. Um, we don't have to think about our central defence often when we, when we had Toby and Supian or Toby and Dyer or even Davinson and yeah, yeah. You know, we don't have to think about it because there's not they're not awful. They're they're reliable and solid. We've now got that at right back. We've got it at left back when Ben Davis is there. Now we've got it in DM. We've got it in. Up front, for sure. And suddenly, there's a plan and a solidity in place that we haven't seen in a long time, probably since that 15-16 season, yeah. like when we just everyone knew what their role was, where we don't have just floating players. And suddenly, it means that we've got space for someone like Delhi to really play a part because he can just have this floating role where everyone else is, is far more structured. And it, it's so exciting. I felt a little bit for um, Delhi the last year as well because... He's such a brilliant player, and you can tell that like he understands football, and like that might mm. be sound like a really stupid thing. So, but you get certain players that just not like. I feel like Delhi's the type of guy. If you said to him, "I need you to play left back for me on Saturday," he would yeah. know what he needs to do. He might not necessarily be great there, but he would know this is what yeah. I should do. And I think that that's gone against him quite a lot as Spurs and with England that he's been asked to play in positions that aren't necessarily strength. Like you think, you think the last six months under Poch. We were playing a diamond for most of it, and he was playing on the right of a diamond. And it's like he was playing there because the manager would know I can put Delhi there, and he'll he'll do a job yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. What I'll get. But Modric had exactly the same problem yeah. with us, just playing him on the right wing because he was quality. He could bring seven out of ten to any position, and that was better than having him at ten out of ten. When I mean Modric's best position, just behind number ten or whatever, and then having whoever whoever else would be at right on right wing, Pranchar or Lennon. I just hope that with Delhi we get him again. He stays fit, he gets a run of games, and we can play him just off of the striker in his best position, where he doesn't have to worry about getting on the ball. He can just literally make those runs and get his numbers up because that's yeah. the plan. He's a fifteen twenty goal a season midfielder, and they don't exist anymore. So it's like if he can get back to that level, you know, sensational. I still think we need a centre forward, but Me too. we've been saying yeah. that for the last three four years. So yeah. you know. Yes. I, I, was a I don't know who it is. I don't know who would come. It has to be. I, it has I to. It's so difficult. I, I really would have gone for Callum Wilson from Bournemouth. He's 20 million he's gone to Newcastle for. I know he's gone to Newcastle, or maybe that's a telling sign, but for 20 million, a homegrown player, he knows the Premier League. He's yeah, but he'll play at Newcastle. That's the thing. He knows he's not yeah. first choice at Spurs. He knows he's and not he, first choice. It's not Jack Rodwell going to City where he might be able to play into the team. He'll never, ever get ahead of Kane, ever. The only thing with that is, it's like, you know that Kane gets injured every year. 
Do you know what I mean? Because he yeah, does. Yeah, for sure. that run. I just think that what we could do with is a striker. Is You'll never get somebody at this level, but it's almost like another son. So like a striker that can play wide. You know, son, son's a guy that plays wide, but he can go through the middle. You almost need the opposite of that. So like when Kane is fit, this striker that we bring in, he's an option off the side as well. So somebody that can sort of play all of those roles. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying him, but you know, like Josh King at Bournemouth. Yeah, is that, yeah, is yeah. that kind of forward? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Again, not, not him, but like Rashford or Martial or Greenwood can play all you of those. You need someone things. who can play with Kane, who isn't the same as Kane, yeah. who is not a direct replacement. That's um, it. So it's, for me, it's that type of striker, or it's you go completely left field, not even left field, but you just go a different route and you get a Lorente and you have a big Lorente, man who is Giroud. Exactly. And Jose typically is always kind of like those strikers, isn't he? Just as a, as a plan B that if you've got teams pinned in and you're not creating a lot, you can put the six foot four forward on and it creates issues. So yeah. I, I like to think that we're working on a solution to, to get another striker in because the amount of games we've got in September alone, during the next three weeks, we've got a ridiculous amount of games and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Kane cannot play week in every single game 90 minutes he will get injured it's absolute fact that there's, there's no way around it and if we lose him early on to a two three month injury do you know what I mean you're going to end up so far back that it, it's, it's going to then be yeah. hard to do anything in the league so I hope you saw how something you saw how devastated Mourinho was when he got told it was three months and you can just imagine like that's your world falling apart that's that's it's that is the man do you know what I mean it's like that is the worst case scenario has been told your best player the talisman, like, it's Harry Kane's club, like, to be told he's out of the season, he's just... And it's the player that wins games, isn't it? All the other players are going to really stop you from losing games, maybe not Son, everyone else, he is the one that wins you games. Kane's one Um, of those unique strikers that you can be absolutely, he can be terrible and the team can be terrible, but the ball goes up to him and he can just score, like, it's just from out of nowhere, he can control it, turn bang, back of the net, well, Leicester, look what we did to Leicester post, um, in the, when it restarted, where we went 3-0 up before half-time. The two goals he scored against them, unbelievable. And it was, they, there's not many strikers in world football who could have scored them. And that just meant we could just take the second half off. They were never going to get back in it. We could just relax a little bit. And he, he even did the same against them pre-lockdown with that stumbling goal, which we didn't talk about in the end of the season, where no one makes that. Yeah. Like, cause he meant that. That for me is his Bergkamp one. You know, the Bergkamp one where yeah. he, Dinks the ball around in one side and runs around the other side. He meant that, Bergkamp. Ronaldinho meant to lob Zeman. Kane meant to yeah. lift that above um, Schmeichel. I think if you could, I was just going to say with Kane as well. Like I feel like everybody's forgetting that he ruptured his hamstring. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's he, like he tore his le- his leg fell off basically. Like his hamstring was so bad it didn't exist for a bit, and it's like he's come back. And he had one or two games, and then he was just scoring again. It's like it's the guy's not normal. And the the only thing that baffles me more than Harry Kane are the people that don't rate Harry Kane. Do you know what I mean? It's like I don't know how you can't. If you just look Isn't at the statistics, do you know what I mean? Just look at the amount of times he puts the ball in the back of the net. It, it's the guy is a machine. Isn't it? There's a middle ground. There's there's not many who don't rate him. There's it's more the people who are a bit like could if we got and I was one of those people if we got 150 million for him. Would we get then two strikers where we just have more consistency? But actually, replacing replacing that talent, we we you saw what we did with Bale and the yeah, magnificent seven. There's certain players that just are irreplaceable for certain clubs, and I feel like if Kane was at like 
I don't know, United, and they sold him for 150 million. I feel like they could replace him, but it's because he's, he's, he's our player. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, there's just certain guys yeah, that you Lampard like. at Chelsea. Yeah, Gerard at Liverpool. That's it. They're just, they're irreplaceable, these guys. Um, so I'm, I'm optimistic that we would get another striker in. We'll see. We'll see. If we don't, I won't be, I won't be shocked, but I'll be disappointed if we don't. And I can't believe that Jose would be happy not bringing another striker in. So, yeah, for sure. I guess time will tell. Um, and we've got Everton at the weekend. And, and I mean, Everton at, uh, on Sunday, is it? Saturday or Sunday? I'm not even, I'm not even sure the scheduling is. They've made some moves in the transfer window. <laughs> Their midfield is Decore, Allen and James Rodriguez. <laughs> it's like a FIFA midfield. It's like your younger brother's FIFA midfield. <laughs> Like, James Rodriguez plays for Everton. Like, it, it, <laughs> it makes no sense. He scored one of my favourite World Cup goals of all time. Got the golden boot of the World Cup, didn't he? Like, it, it's crazy. I can't, and they were saying, like, what a brilliant PR move it is for Everton because Everton have got, like, two and a half million Twitter followers and James Rodriguez has got, like, 48 million Twitter followers. <laughs> there was, and there That's was, what matters. there was all shots from Colombia, though, of, like, like everyone in Everton shirts all of a sudden because he's gone there and it's like it, it's it's mad so they, look you can't you can't fault Everton for going for it in a transfer window but I mean it feels like they spend money every window anyway yeah. never get any better um, no I mean all I remember with him is remember the England Columbia the penalties in the World Cup Hammers was injured do you remember him and there was loads of shots going to him yeah, yeah and just seeing him devastated because that was great. <laughs> I love seeing him. So he's, he's always been a player I'd love at Spurs. I'd never thought we'd get him in the Premier League. Um, ever, but ever, never. I just, he's never made it, has he? He's gone out on loan to various clubs and he's never done it. And I, I just want to, I want, I just want to see the boy happy, as, as yeah. Morrissey would say. I think he's a typical, um, like Real Madrid signing where they don't think about as a player fit into the team. They just think his quality will have him. And it's yeah. like, They've always played four three three, especially under Zidane, and it's like he's not quick enough to be a winger, and he's not a central midfielder, so it's like he's always yeah. been in limbo a little bit. But I think they might end up having a half decent season, Everton. But I think for them having a half decent season would be finishing seventh, and it's like that's so strange, isn't it? That like the best they can probably do is come seventh. Like it's, it just feels a little bit weird, but it's not going to be it's not going to be the easiest game. But we've got a decent record against Everton, and I always feel like when you play them defensively, you know you're going to score goals. Like, you know you're going to get chances against them. So it's like, if we keep yeah. it really tight, I'm confident we'll score a couple. So... Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm, I think we'll win. I think we'll win quite comfortably. I think they're a game, if you're tactically astute, you can beat them. I think they're, they, they're, there's, they're so inconsistent that their lack of consistency means if you have a consistent approach, you can beat them. Yeah. I love Everton. Like they would be my second Premier League team, I think. I'm we've We've always said it. Completely agree. Just their ground is so good. Their fans are great. They never, ever, ever sing anti Spurs songs. It's always pro their own team. And they've got gobby neighbours next door wearing red who are overconfident. So I've, it, it, it's a shame to beat them, but it's not, you know what I mean? And I, I'm fully confident we'll beat them. There'll be mistakes in them. Yeah, I, I think we will as well. And what, what are your thoughts? For the season ahead in general, like what what would be a good season? Do you think for Spurs this year? Like where where should we be aiming, and like how do you think we'll actually fare? Well, I was going to ask for predictions. I, I, I we should be aiming for top four. We're not first or second, I, and I think 
I think our squad can beat anyone game to game. Like we saw that beating City 2-0. Like I said in the end of the season um, uh, show that that was the game of the season and that we we deserve to win. We may not have deserved to win that game based on the first half, but we've got a team that can beat anyone. Ajax, yeah. Man City, Liverpool on our day. We only lost 1-0 to them in quite a, unlucky circumstances. I thought like, the goal wasn't unlucky, but we could have won that or at least drawn. I think we just need to not give away those stupid losses. It's the same Spurs story every season, copy and paste. Apart from that last season of White Hart Lane, win your home games, make that a fortress, beat everyone below you and perform against the teams around you. That's what we've got to do. I think I think we'll finish. It depends how we do in the Europa League, how seriously they take it. I would love to see them put a second team out, like Lamella, Fernandez, Jack Clark. I'm just, it's sad Troy Parrott's gone. Foyth, all of them. But I think we're going to go for it, and I don't blame him. I'd love to see us win a Europe. Well, I'd love to go. Excited about the Europa League this year for the first time because I know that we'll go for it. Do you know what I mean? It's like normally it's like oh god, it's one of those competitions that you like. We'll probably get to the quarters and then get knocked out because we'll be focused on other competitions. But like Jose said, isn't he? That like that's a competition that he he will try and win. Um, so I'm 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 more excited about it this season than what I normally would be. I think that. The top top four at the minute is going to be hard because you look at you, you'd fancy City and Liverpool to be one and two in whatever order. Yeah. Um, the Chelsea. Chelsea have made. Yeah, it's um, scary. I think Chelsea will either be absolutely insane or they'll have done the classic thing of we've bought too many players and it's like they need time to gel and it doesn't quite work. But I just look at look at them on paper and think that's the team that even with no tactics are going to score so many goals. Well, the two criticisms with Chelsea from last season, they couldn't defend set pieces and they couldn't get back from going behind. That hasn't changed. They haven't signed players that will stop that. They've signed some brilliant forwards and Pulisic is there. And, um, I think Lucian William might... They get Thiago Silva, hmm? didn't they? The centre-back, Thiago Silva. They yeah, got, I mean, that's a good, good we, we've talked... There's, there was a time when PSG had some of our, mine and yours, favourite players ever, Thiago Silva, Verratti and a few oh. others. Um but I mean, he is old, yeah. right? Like I can see, like, he's he's a class player. Like he's he's a thoroughbred. But you can just see decent strikers just working their way around him. To be honest, I think he's more for what he'll do in the back room, like Sissoko, more than being the heart, the bedrock of the. He's not Virg- he's not going to do what Virgil Van Dijk did for yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, but I think I think Chelsea will look good. I think Chelsea will co- will comfortably be in the top four, and I think they that will batter. They will batter teams like 11 to 20 and then 1 to 10, I'm not sure. Like You think about their attack up against like West Brom. Ooh, yeah. like, that's going to be, you know... I'm looking forward to our 1-1 draw at the Hawthorns this season because it's always 1-1 when we play West Brom away. Um, yeah. But in terms of the league, that will leave us, um, United, Leicester, Wolves, Woolwich, all fighting it out realistically for that fourth spot. So it's going to be right. it's going to be tough for all of us. Um, yeah, I think United are going to be decent. Do you think? Yeah, I don't see Arsenal doing it because they are a one man team. They've got some decent players. Like Chebolos look good. They've got some good youth players, but really, it's it's a, it's the Aubameyang show. Really, if he and if he leaves, then they they are screwed. Can um, you say about about United because I think they've got some quality players and they're a great side to watch. But I always get the feeling like I'm not confident in Solskjaer. And I'm like, I feel like 
he could uh, he could be one that could be gone by by Christmas. Yeah. Like I, I think of all of the top sides, for me, he's the one that strikes me as United having a bit of a stinker and him going. I don't know why, but I've just never been that convinced of him. I think he's got some really really good attacking players. And I don't know, I'm just not convinced of him, but we'll see. There'll, there'll be one of these top sides that has an absolute stinker as well, because that always happens. And it's mm-hmm. like, it might end up not being one of the tops. It could be somebody like Leicester or Wolves that for some reason struggle. Like Leicester, it seems like Leicester have been found out a little bit about actually how they play, and maybe there'll be a team that aren't quite in the mix this season. But, but we'll see. But I think fourth, fourth is... Fourth is the absolute bare minimum we should be aiming for, like in my opinion, at, at this point of the season when no games have been played. That's where we should be aiming, for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. I think the Europa League will take out our best. I think we need to get to the, the FA Cup final. And but forget all that. What I want to see is a team of just killers. Not killers. Not, I don't want to stand for like, the, the battle of the bridge every game. I just want a team who will go out there. I want to be the team that you hate playing. Like yeah. I used to... I used to me and Joe used to say we're not even going to the one game we're not going to see every season is the Stoke game because no one it was the brand of football but you know it was just going to be an awful game I, they were they were going to have their way that's what I want Spurs to be at. I want us not not to play that brand of football but to have that approach where the teams go oh like, yeah like you love playing against Palace you love playing against Swansea because you, you know how they're going to play. You're going to get the ball. Spurs, you're not. You're going to have Hoiberg kicking you, Dyer kicking you. You're going to have Sun zipping past you, Kane scoring from anywhere. And that's what I want. That, I, I want. It's more of a feeling with Spurs. It always has been, and that, that's what I want. That feeling. But I do think Hoiberg is going to bring that that aggression to us. Because if you think right, I was at I was at football training Wednesday talking to another Spurs fan about it, and we were saying that we've gone from. The centre of our midfield being Dembele and Wanyama, right? Yeah. At the moment, it's usually Winks and Lacelso, and you'd argue yeah. that Winks and Lacelso are far superior pair in terms of football ability. But what one, what pair would you hate to play against the most? And it would be Wanyama and Dembele. Like it'd be, it'd be oh, horrible, it'd be awful. horrible playing against them. And it's like, I think we might have better footballers, but we've probably lost that that sense of just being difficult to play against, which yeah, we want to work. And I think bringing Hoiberg in will bring in that that fear. I don't think I feel like if I was playing against the Spurs midfield, I wouldn't be fearful physically. I mean, technically you'd be like, no. oh, "This is going to be horrible," but but physically you'd be like, 50-50s, I'm winning that. I'm going to get in their face." Like whereas when you when we used to have Wanyama and Dembele, it was like they'd out football you and out out frighten you, and it was just horrible. I've got a, you know, I've got a three year old girl. I think she's got more core strength than Harry Winks yeah. like do you know what I mean um, Lo Celso one of my it's probably my favourite Spurs player but just I, I love him he's a bit like Dembele with a bit more end product people will shoot me for saying that but it's, it's, I think it's true but yeah we need I remember someone saying about Joe Cole like once you went into a tackle with him he'd come out with the ball and you'd be left with a bruise no there's no bruises at Spurs and that's what I want my dire is that man we need more we need more. Like maybe Sissoko could be made into that player because he's got it. He's got that strength. I yeah. think he's got that aggression as well. He's not good at football, is he? <laughs> I, I don't know how he's playing football and I'm not. Like, how has that happened? Mm. Like, really, how has that happened? But he's an absolute athlete. But to be honest, I say the same about Bale, and he's doing it right for himself. Yeah. Um, Are you getting excited about the Bale transfer rumours? No, <laughs> no, it's the toxic ex. He's gone back with an injury from Wales already. See. 
I, just, um, I, I can't see him leaving Real Madrid. Like I think that he'll see out his Real Madrid contract and then he'll probably just retire. And like that'll be and that'll be his career. And it's like, you know what? Fair play, you've won it all. So it's, it's you know I wouldn't be giving up three hundred grand a week and a lifestyle in Madrid anytime soon for, for near enough anything. Like you go, Oh, the manager's not gonna play me. Okay, I'll play golf and I'll be yeah. paid three hundred thousand. I'll have a weekend with my family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not bad, is it? Uh, give us your predictions then. So, um, are we going to do what? How many points are we going to get against Arsenal? Arsenal, we're going to get four. Chelsea, I'm going to say three. One. Oh no way! There's some City. in. There's some in with Mourinho against Chelsea. Yeah, I think it's too much. City, three. Leeds. That's a big one. Leeds. I feel like Leeds will be a bogey team for us this season. Oh, I hate I think they'll be a bogey team for us. Really not. The way they play as well, like I don't think that we'll we'll have comfortable games against them. Three, possibly four. I mean, you know, I'm on holiday in Yorkshire right now. Uh I've seen children in Burnley kits and ironic and ironically, like that, I I didn't think anyone Everyone about Burnley, but bless them. Who's going to be? Who's going to be the 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 shocking team that like do the double over us, or we only take a point off of? There's always somebody. West, West Brom always candidates. West Ham. Yeah, because you never know what's going to go. I was going to say who are going to be your like players of the year. Who's going to be your player of the year? I feel like this is going to be the Harry Kane year. Me too. He's never won Spurs player of the year. Which I'm mad that like Sun just wins it all the time. But I think that this will be the Kane year where he gets like 30 league goals and he's like, he just scores every game. I feel like this is, this is, and you hear him in the documentary being like, what is he, 27, 28 now? And he's like, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm reaching the, the peak of my career. He's like, so this is it. And I feel like this will be the season for him. Yeah, it's got to be. And I, um, I hope he gets rested properly. Uh, I think it will be Kane's year. I think we'll see. I'm excited to see Bergvine now as well. Like really excited to see him just play as a wide player. Like just just be given a bit of freedom. He looks like he's built for the Premier League though, doesn't he? Like yeah. technically he's fantastic, but like it's just his physique is like that is a modern day Premier League winger. Like you know, it'll it'll smash you out the way. If, you know, if he can't yeah, dribble yeah. past, just run through you. Like he. I really, really like the look of him. I think he's going to be an excellent player. And it's like, to have got him, again, for the price tag we did, was a yeah. really bit of business. business isn't it? Hopefully he's more settled and kicks on as well. Because imagine having him firing on the right and Son on the left and then Delhi and Kane through the middle. It's scary, like, isn't it? All of a sudden, that is pretty decent. I really hope Winks has a year. Because I reckon he could go to City and be a baller. Like, I really do. If if his only job is just to link play and move balls forward, I think he, he'd be amazing. But I think he's asked to do a bit more at Spurs, and I think that's his failing. Yeah. I'm hoping he has a really good year. It's just, just style of play for Winks, isn't it? I feel like yeah. I just I, I can't quite see how in a Jose style team he will cement himself in the starting eleven week in week There's out. No way. I know he did it towards the end of the season and he actually he, he played quite well, but I just sometimes worry about him purely from an instinctive defensive point of view that he doesn't smell danger. And it's like, he's great on the ball and he's, he's he, you know, he, technically he's fantastic and his two-touch play in tight areas is brilliant. But I think that the way that we're going to, the way that we do play with Jose, 
his main attributes are probably not really going to be used that much because we don't we don't try and play out in tight areas anymore. We go we go long. I, I don't have a problem with that, but I just I can't quite see how Winks is going to get in that team because Hoiberg will be uh, nailed on starter, and then if he plays two central midfielders, you've got Lacelso. He's not going to get in ahead of Lacelso. He might get in ahead of Undumbele. I don't know if he'd get in ahead of Sissoko at the moment either. So it's like I think it's going to be quite hard for him to get in there. He's just going to have to play well in the games that he, and the minutes that he does get. Yeah, I, I I think we're going to see a four-three-three, like two defensive and one in front of them. And there's no way he's getting in front of them because, like you say, it's going to be Hoiberg, probably Lacelso in front, and then Sissoko or someone else. Mm. And there's no way he's getting in there. Even Delhi's, I think, is ahead of him in that same position. Mm. Uh, I just, I'd love to see him just run the Europa League campaign or something because there's a player, like a proper player in there. Uh, it's not happening. He's a European um, national player for me, though, Winks. Like where the games, yeah. the better the opposition, I always think the the better yeah. chance the Scott of playing. It's like if you're playing City, and we, you know, we always talk about the Real Madrid game, how brilliant he was in that. And yeah. even the Champions League final against Liverpool, like he he was probably the only guy that played well for us that night. I think of the games where Winks has played well, it's been against top opposition. I think about games he's struggled, it's been against Burnley, Southampton, yeah, yeah. Palace, where yeah. it's where it is a battle and it's it becomes great. attritional. Yeah, yeah, and that, that that's where he's not great. But then, like I said, I, I'm really excited about Hoybjerg, and and then hopefully those games are the games where he plays and. He can, we can just outfight them, and then you've yeah, got yeah. both worlds there potentially. So we'll see. But I'm excited for it to be back again. Um, I feel like I've had a break from Spurs as well, like the last few weeks. I've not really looked at much on Twitter or followed pre-season, so like I feel ready for the season to start again, and hopefully yeah, the, we can get going with a win. Well, the, the nice thing is that the good business has been done, yeah. and so we can go in going. Right, we're going to start and we, we've, we're prepared to start well. It's not like we're just waiting three weeks into the beginning of the season and then our season starts. That hasn't been the case for ages. <laughs> it's just so nice. We've done our business. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I think we'll finish fifth or sixth, but I think we'll get to a final, maybe win a trophy. I'm not, I'm not going to predict a trophy because I've done that for the last three seasons and we haven't done it. So I'm going to say we're going to win it. We're going to win nothing this year. Mate, I'm saying it. I think we'll go out of the Carabao Cup in the in one of the first rounds because it doesn't mean anything. And I think we'll get to the final of the FA Cup and we're going to win the Europa League. There you go. That'd be great. A little trip is Poland as well, isn't it? The final. So yeah, Gdansk out there. That'd be uh, that'd be great. Okay, it? It'd be fantastic. Fantastic. But yeah, look, fingers crossed for a strong start of the weekend. Buzzing for the season to be back. Buzzing for it to have been a decade of echoes of glory. So if you've been listening from the start, do get in touch because we love hearing the stories about how you've got into the podcast, like where you listen every week. Like they, they literally amaze us. So if you want to get in touch and let us know, we'll read some of them out next week. Um, but until then, remember wait, to- wait, wait, let's do this professionally. It's <laughs> at underscore echoes of glory or echoes of glory pod at gmail.com. Very professionally done. <laughs> and remember, <laughs> whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well... They're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. 
We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.